onit.com slash Ellis. Onit. Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech, Kettlebells, Battle Ropes, everything, you name it, they've got it, and it is the best. It's the highest quality. I've been using these supplements for over 10 years. I am on Alpha Brain right now, and I'm flying, baby. I'm flying. Onit.com forward slash Ellis. Oh, shit, that's loud. Fuck yeah, singing in front of Ricky Williams is sweet, man. I feel energized. Let that's us way know. better than coffee. Let us know if you want an MP3 of that. We that was awesome. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, that's... As, it's, I was going to say that's a really uncomfortable scene for me to be in, but it's nowhere near as uncomfortable as the scene that I was in last night. I got pushed into singing a duet with Anne H., the famous Hollywood actress. Yes. Who I'm really good friends with, who said that it would be a good idea if her and I sang islands in the stream why is this part of a larger project it was from a long time ago when i raced cars with her in the passenger seat and she came up with this idea afterward that we should sing a song the cover but change the lyrics to islands in the street because we're racing on the streets even though it was on a dirt track so then that disappears because i got out of it and i try to stay away that's a crazy idea i'm like and you're crazy but i would have done it but because she's a hollywood actress and i want the story i want the experience you sound that sounds fucking crazy i'm in so i also thought it was a pipe dream she started a podcast just like you're here appreciate it by the way yeah uh and was like can i be can you be on my podcast i'm like of course and no problem and she said what would you recommend to help get the podcast speaker and i was like do any of you sing and they were like no and i was like that's you should sing because i don't really sing and i sing and i think it's a good thing for people to like you know get get do uncomfortable shit like don't be scared of yourself so she, that triggered her into that idea again, where she goes, what about us doing that duet? And I just said, yeah, because, you know, I've got a podcast now, and I figured, how, how bad could it be to do that? She's a Hollywood actress. She knows TV people and movie and, and music people. And she's like, I've got a recording artist and a videographer, and we're good to go. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And I listened to Islands in the Stream in the car on the way to this house, in the um, Bel Air, this rich neighborhood, but it's a windy road. And I believe I passed it last night. I realized, you know, the biggest house in the hills, like the richest one that's on those shows, it has like a helicopter pad. It's near that house. So when I drove past, I'm like, holy shit, I'm about to go into like the pimpest house ever. Yeah, the one that looks like Tony Stark's house. Yeah, this, yes, yes. Okay, like, 500 meters down the road is this guy's house and it is a piece i'm gonna they're gonna see this it's a piece of shit <laughs> it's so trashed and these guys I, i'm uh I, I smoke marijuana but i don't drink and I, I i used to do drugs but i 
I definitely don't now. I def like a cocaine to me would just gives me a panic attack talking about it. I, I, I don't like that stuff. And I sense as soon as I open the door, everybody's smoking inside. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's tobacco, not marijuana. I'm like, whoa, okay. And then it's like, hey, man. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, it's two in the afternoon. Nah. And they're like, you want to drink? And I'm like, uh, yeah, you got like a, a Dr. Pepper or something? Because that's my <laughs> thing because I don't drink. I try to get like a candy going. And they're like, oh, we don't have any. Of that. We got wine or beer. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't drink. And they're like, oh, you, you'll be okay. We'll, we'll get you a Coke or something. And it's just constant chain smoking. And they're like, okay, sing. And I'm like, okay, you know, Alan's in the stream. And she's, she's can sing kind of, but she's not trained. She's just more of a, a, a an actor who is like, now I'm a singer. So she was just like, Alan's in the stream, looking at me face to face, cigarette. And I was like, I'm gonna, you're gonna give me a panic attack. Cause I, I don't know, maybe some of your f fumes could, go in here or so i don't know i don't know how it works anymore maybe your sweat glands get on my sweat glands and i'm like eh, i can feel it again no not the bumps please not the bumps so <laughs> then this guy's filming me and then after singing it i don't know how many times in the backyard then i realized that this dude doesn't live alone he lives with two other guys so it's these two little guys that are like cooking bacon and eggs one's on the phone smoking a cigarette in the backyard while i'm in the backyard standing in the backyard of someone's house i don't know going Alan's in the stream and she and the guy's like yeah really play it up for the camera and i'm and i'm looking at Anne like I, I what's my acting background i don't have i thought i was i thought i was i said the words like i was looking at Anne. i smiled at you fucking hell man let me go it gets to the point where uh they go let's do one in the bedroom and I'm like, okay, because we've done it in the living room outside. I've sang this song so many times and this guy's filmed it so many times. I now know the words to it. I now hear it in my sleep. I fucking hate that song. Like I hear it all day now. I can't, Kenny Rogers is in me. It's ruined my life. Not a great song. No. And so I'm listening to the live one. He gets kind of gravelly. So I started to enjoy that a little bit, but that's probably the curse because it got in there. So I go to this bedroom and the guy goes, before we go up there, it's a bit messy if you don't mind. And I was like, oh, I don't care. I walk in there. As I go upstairs, the stains on the carpet are heavy, <laughs> like big ones, almost murder ones, you know? <laughs> I'm like, is that a bong or like did someone bleed out? I don't know. And then I get to his room and it's like underwear and like just shit everywhere. They're like, sit on the bed. And he's got a white comforter and it's covered in stains. And I'm, I'm like, I can't sit on that. And I just sit on it, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I'm here, I can't. And I sit down and Anne looks at me. She finally gets it. Like, I'm like, what? And then the big dog comes over and starts trying to sniff my grind again. He's got a big wolf dog called, uh, what's the wolf, wolf gang? I'm like, really, dude? Really? That's the name? Like, it's like the restaurant? Anyway, uh, this dog is like, no trains, keeps trying to grab my dick. and singing, leaning on me. This dude's filming. The smell is insane. It's like ass balls and like Coke cigarettes at the same time. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, nobody cares about COVID in here. Ugh. And, 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 and they're like, cut. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, we don't want more idea. Why don't you sing and walk through the house while you're singing it? I'm like, this dude's just going to keep going. I can tell what's happening. So I do that because it's on the way down to the living room. As we get down and we go, that's good, that'll do. I take off this other stuff that they made me wear that was making me uncomfortable as well. So I take off my, they made me wear like my 
uh, I had uh, uh, like a ve- a jacket, like a proper jacket, but with cowboy boots. They wanted me to put a cowboy hat on. I'm like, I can't wear a cowboy hat with like a Gucci jet vest. Like, I'm I don't feel comfortable. I already don't feel. Co- this is a video where I know in the end they're gonna edit it and put it out, and I'm gonna have no say. And there's all these people who gonna be like, what the fuck are you singing Islands in a Stream with Anne H for? Why you got such a serious face? I'm like. They just made me do a music video. I didn't even, at one point, they were like, look into her eyes. And I'm like, oh, what's the joke anymore? We just love each other and we want to fuck because that's not what's happening. Man, did you at least get some of that bacon? No, no, I didn't want any, I didn't want to touch a plate. I didn't want to touch anybody's uh. hand. Everybody there looked like they, like one, one guy, an Indian guy had red, red eye, rings around his eyes from like rubbing or he just looked so, and I could be wrong. Maybe it's not Coke. I'm just saying it looked like somebody did so much coke that I was like, oh, is he really going to be here the whole time? Because I can't do that. Like, <laughs> I can't touch the coke people. I could be wrong. And once again, I don't know. He, I, he, No one racked up in front of me. So I want to make sure that I'm not just saying it's factual. I just, that's my suspicion. And it made me panic. So then at the very end, I take my jacket off and he goes, you know, it would be really cool. One more thing. And, um, and I already told Katie that they're dressing me and it's making me uncomfortable. And Katie would text me back and said, stand up for yourself. Like, if you don't like it, tell them you won't wear it. And I was like, okay, I will. Because like, I'm, I'm like a baby, man. I'm in this room and they're all in control of me. It's really pathetic. How about this 311 shirt now, sir? Well, it, this was this was just as bad. They said, okay, new idea. Anne puts on your clothes and you put on her dress. And I was like, oh, okay. No. And I'm leaving. Because <laughs> because I was like, wow. That was that, real. Yeah, he fucking... Because I looked at his face like, this joke? And he's like, that'd be really great. And I was like, yeah, to have me in her dress in video. Yep, nah, makes sense for you, but not for me. See ya. So then I leave. And Anne kind of knows that I was panicking about the whole thing. So then I got to go back last night to lay the track down. These people aren't serious enough to be saying this shit. So I go, I'm like, what's the address? Same fucking place. <laughs> I told Katie, I'm already panicking. I'm like, I can't go. But I said I'd go. When I say I'm going to do something, I do it. So I go. And now I'm in a recording booth where it's all closed. And this dude's singing. I mean, this dude's smoking cigarettes right next to me. His dog is like fully trying to fuck my dick with its nose. And I'm like, can you get? And he's like, Wolfgang. And I'm like, Wolfgang Park or some shit. Get out of here. And I'm like, oh, it's in the street. I, uh, and then it's like, do another one. What about a higher one? What about a lower one? What about a gra- gravelly one? And and, and then uh, that was it. I got. I I feel like they don't think I'm a very positive person, but I also felt like that brought so much panic to me. I felt panic. I got a lot of panic issues lately. I got like a heart condition. That's why I'm going to talk to you a lot about because I feel like you have like uh, a lot of holistic ways to stay a bit more calmer, a bit more relaxed. And I feel like lately I've been stressing myself out. I, even my doctor gave me a prescription for Xanax and I'm like, I don't want to take him. I want to figure it out another way. But lately the show and that, that whole, like being around that, I feel like even at the best of times, I can't do cocaine room or alleged cocaine room yeah. anymore. Yeah, there's a time and a place in your life for cocaine, and then there's a time and your place to even be in the vicinity of people. I don't even want to go to the bar. I don't even want to go to the neighborhood where cocaine is popular at this point in my life. What you have going for you, your ace in the hole, is that people allegedly on cocaine are far better at filming hours and hours of footage than at actually editing and posting it anywhere. Right. Yeah, this might have been her Chinese democracy. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, yeah. let's lean on that hard then. I'm going to believe that. <laughs> you know what? From now on, when people ask what's the best way to promote your podcast, you just tell them like uh, blowing fireballs. Yeah, no, no. I, I'm going to say I ben have no me. idea because otherwise, because <laughs> otherwise, now I'm going over to that cocaine house to like set fire to myself, and that sounds even worse. Yeah. Hey, everybody, Jason Ellis here. Bold, as you can see. A long time ago, I had luscious locks, very handsome. A lot of people would approach me and say, "Wow, those are some luscious locks," and now they're gone, and there's no coming back. I guess I could glue a wig, but I tried that. It's a little sad. So unless you want to get a wolf tattooed on your skull, I can tell you, it hurt. Really hurt. You could do this instead. What is it, Michael? Keeps. Keeps is the hair restoration product that it, it don't, doesn't happen overnight. You don't put a drop on your head and then you wake up with hair. But in over in a period of three months, you will find that hair not only remains, but also grows. These guys are saying that if you get on it early, see these guys didn't, I wasn't here. Nobody told me about this. 10 years ago, wait, maybe 15. <laughs> this would have been really valuable to me. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Ellis to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S. E-P-S dot com slash Ellis to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Ellis. Man, if I had a time machine, I totally would have hit these guys up. But if you have hair, you know what to do. Fans of the Jason Ellis Show over the age of 21, I want to tell you about Yo Kratom, the home of the $60 kilo. That's right, $60 for a full kilo. I did not know until Yo Kratom sent me a kilo of Kratom how big... 60 kilos of Kratom is. If you guys are going to gas stations and getting it or uh, wherever, like just trying to get it, some like sketchy smoke shop or something, you are blowing it. $60 for, to me, I don't know how long my bag is going to last, but it's definitely going to last a hell of a lot longer than going to some sketchy gas station. So I got a deal for you guys. Oh, I guess I should say, if you're not into Kratom, you shouldn't listen to this ad. It's not going to really help you out in any way. But if you are into Kratom and you have tried it, then this is the ad for you. Your Kratom is high quality Kratom for 60 bucks for a kilo. I just want to thank Your Kratom for sponsoring the Jason Ellis Show. Shout out to those guys. And don't forget, if you go to YoKratom.com, that is the site where you can buy directly at incredible prices. One more time, everybody. Your Kratom, the home of the $60 kilo. Ricky, I know that you're a football guy, and I know the, the marijuana thing, you're one of the first people to stand up for that stuff, but as a guy that was an NFL guy that is that big time, were you uh, in the cocaine world and all that stuff, or did you strictly stay in the weed thing? I was just strictly in the in the weed thing. You never dabbled with any of that? Mm -mm. You must have brushed up alongside it a few times. I'm, I'm assuming that big-time football players would be some on it. It's interesting. I brushed up against it... Um, one time and it was a it was actually a rookie so when I, it was late in my career and uh we would stay at a hotel and then we drive to the home stadium and so i would keep my car at the hotel and then i'll drive with this kid this yeah. rookie and so one day we were, was after the game he was driving back and he just pulled out this little this little white bag and and you know i grew up in the 80s so we were taught that if you do cocaine your brain is going to turn into fried eggs and so i was like i'm glad somebody told you so that. i was like i think everybody got that <laughs> Like, what are you doing? And he's like, it's nothing, you know? 
And he just started, and then just, as we was driving, you know, and I was just sitting there like, holy shit. And he just kept driving and he was fine. And then I started to think, his brain is not turning into scrambled eggs. And he's like, do you want to, do you want to try some? And I was like, eh. I don't know. And he said, you know, just take some and rub it on your gums. Just, just yeah, hey, he the, gave you a gum yeah. So I just rubbed it on my gums and I was like, I can't feel my, I can't, <laughs> I can't feel my gums. And, and he was like, that's what it is. And then I was like, okay. And then I went home and all I remember is I did not go to bed until about three o'clock in the morning. I was right. up all night on the computer playing video games and, and I was like, what is this? And that was my, for a rookie, that guy had the hookup. He did, yeah. It sounded did. like some good stuff. Three in the morning from a gummy, from yeah. a gummer. That's pretty. Well, the, the story, the story gets better actually. Okay, so good. that was my first time ever in interacting with it. And, and as you mentioned, I was in the NFL's drug program, and so um, that was it was Christmas Eve because we played we played the Tennessee Titans, and then it was Saturday, and then Sunday we were off, and then Monday we came back to work. And so because I was in the drug program, I got piss tested like nine times a month. And so I, I wasn't even thinking that I did cocaine. I just was thinking, you know, I just rubbed it on my gums. And so oh, shit. Pop, I popped in I popped in a drug test. Oh, the in. only time you've ever done cocaine, you did a gummo because your friend gave it to you and you tested positive for it. Yeah. So you, just, you took a hit for... Because I would assume that people are like, oh, yeah, I bet he did cocaine. Like the, like your, your pop marijuana smoking cocaine fiend because you tested well, positive well, for the, it. Well, the way the, the way the NFL drug program works is once you fail a test, it's supposed to be confidential. And so it never it never got out what I felt. So people just assumed. Oh, okay. People just assumed that it was cannabis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it is a little bit crazy for you to think think especially being watched like that 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 gummer wasn't gonna i mean i can see how for me oh yeah fuck I, i'll try it i'm not gonna do a lot of it but i'll do the thing just to see what it's like so, like they were already watching you like a hawk does it irritate you now that people can smoke weed and you're and you're because to me you know like uh i was a pro skateboarder and we got away with that you know i mean i might have had a couple of team managers that used to watch me because they knew i'd smoke a bunch of weed the night before the contest and they try to be around because that slowed me down from smoking as much. I'd be like, all right, well, kind of tired, so fuck off so I can roll one, you know what I mean? And they're like, mm, I might stay around a little bit. That's as harsh as it ever got for me. Knowing that someone would be saying, you're out of the contest. You can't go to the S games because you smoke weed. I'd be like, what the fuck? But then now it seems like I'm not. not a, I mean, not if, that frowned upon. I think if I was still playing and I was being drug tested and other guys weren't, I'd be pissed off. But I'm not playing anymore, so I get it. I get it. And times have changed a lot in the past 15 years. I see a lot of people saying in the NFL that they want to put add marijuana to like your your life, like uh, the the CBD and all that, like get everybody on it because it'll help athletes last longer. There's like an argument of, of that. It's is getting that real. I mean, because right now the current way of dealing with pain is just popping pills. And, right. and that's not great for our longevity. That's not great for our lives after football. And at least my experience with cannabis was it helped it helped me play a really long time and stay healthy. And you think that it helped you because there was nagging pains that the marijuana uh, sort of got to push back? Or do you think that it also helped your focus when playing? Uh, I think first the thing it helped, it helped stress relief. You know, okay. just playing in the NFL is just so stressful. And I'd find, you know, after work, I'd go home and smoke a smoke a blunt or two, and all that stress, whether it was physical, emotional, yeah. spiritual, it was it was relieved. 
And and I find when I took pain pills, it would mask the pain. When I use cannabis, it didn't mask the pain. It helped me be more aware of it, so I could do something about it. Right. Yeah. I'm. I used to do a lot of painkillers that, that from surgeries from skateboarding. Every time I break something, and then I started to f- realize uh, I lost a video game to a girlfriend, and I kicked the TV over, and I was like, whoa. What kind of fucking madman? And I could not afford that TV. And yeah. I fucking kicked it. And I was like, man, you got real problems. And I was like, it's the painkillers. Even at my young, I think it was like 25, 28, I, I thought, oh, wow, they're really fucking with my mind. I'll just smoke way more weed, which all of us, because we didn't have your rules, we'd already figured it out without even. Because I feel like in the MMA community, people talk about it. In football and basketball, they talk about it like it's a real aid to me. It really helps me. I feel like in skateboarding, we didn't have to flex why we did it because nobody was trying to ban us from doing it. So we were like, we smoke weed because we're, we smoke weed. Like it helps me go through my day. Yeah. Like if I skate all day and I slam, you know, 80 times in a day, I'm fucking sore, man. And it helps me stay at the ramp. It helps me get my brain because usually I would smoke weed to try and learn a trick and it would help me um, slow you down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And calm down. Like, cause sometimes you spend hours, sometimes days trying to make a trick and the stress and the frustration, you smoke some weed and you kind of like step back and rethink of it, re- rethink the whole thing and break it down. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, I, I wouldn't have done that without the weed. I, I'm, I'm doing some real, mind shit on the top of the ramp before i even skate like i'm like breaking down where would you what'd your foot do last time you know like and you're like you wouldn't have gone there without it because i think a lot of athletes especially people that like you that do the the athletical thing that involves a lot of pain and danger why did you do that in the foot what's your drive to not be scared when somebody hits you that hard and you're like yeah get up and and like i'll see you next time that's a that's a mentality that is well the, the way I played get that the way I played and I learned this when I was a teenager is in football you're either the hammer or the nail okay and I decided I think I want to be the hammer and so I was the guy that made the defensive guys think about damn we got to tackle this dude 20 times today so I really didn't get hit that hard very much because I was focused on trying to hit the other person and you know what you're saying is wow. is interesting I didn't even think about it but when I'd go home and I'd smoke I'd watch film and I would pick up little 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 things watching film that I probably wouldn't have picked up if I wasn't smoking so you would watch film of your game after it I, well I'd either watch film of my practice to correct myself or I'd watch film of the team we're playing to get a sense of how the linebackers read uh, read their run keys or, or which, okay. which safeties are going to come up and, and but you watch your practice to so see how every day, every day after practice, every day after practice, we go in and we watch, we watch every play in practice and the coaches sit there and say, ah, you got to step with your left foot or what, what were you thinking? Or that safety's coming. You got to get your eyes over there and block. Oh, okay. So, so football is like, it's, they're honest about literally every step we take to make sure that we're more efficient. Cool. Then everybody, I've been getting some DMS about it. What is this box that, that keeps things cold and keeps things hot? Well, if you go to cool-ven.com and use code Ellis. You get a 10% discount and then you will really know what this insulated meal bag is. It offers, you could cook stuff. It's got 12 volt applications and 110 and it's an absolute doozy. I gave one to Michael and now I ordered some more to my house because they're very, when I go to soccer to watch my kid, I just shove a bunch of drinks in there. 
I haven't needed a hot sandwich, but it is ready to go at, when, whenever I want to. And at the same time, you could probably go to leanfeast.com and you could get a bunch of meals stored in your house. So then you could heat it. You could have the heat pad in your cool vent, put the Lean Feast hot meal. And they got like pizzas and lasagnas and stuff. So you could put a pizza or a lasagna in your box. And then in the bottom bit of the cool vent, it would have your cool drinks. And then you'd have your meal. And then you'd be ready to go. Eating at all times. Staying disciplined. Never like hungry or sketched out. You'd always be on point. Ready to go about your business. Once again, leanfeast.com. Code Ellis. 10% discount. Thanks to both those guys for supporting the show. Did you find... Because uh, you're obviously a, a natural athlete that that like when you started playing football and everybody because how long do you go before you meet somebody that's your level you would have been way better than everybody when you were a kid right when i first started i, I wasn't i wasn't oh no way you know i'm an, i'm fast but but there's a lot of skill that has to go in, in football there's just a lot of moving pieces that are moving really fast and it took me about two and a half years but once i hit high school and then i realized that i was much better i was much better than everyone else but it was a, it was honestly a surprise to me like so Overnight, all the work that you put in, and then all One of a sudden day, it, it exactly. clicked. That's been the story of my of my whole sports career. I was telling these guys that unfortunately probably heard it a thousand times, but in skateboarding, I was the exact same thing. There were there were people that were way better than me that started the same time. There were a couple of kids that were one was chubby and the other one was obese, and he was better than me. And then I don't know three or four years into it, one day I just learnt everything and became like one of the better dudes in Australia in half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't the half an hour. It was, it was all that other time where I'd been thinking about how to get it to work, and you know, that's I, me. I always, always thinking about whatever I'm doing. I'm always thinking about how do I get better, how do I improve, how do I get better. So how do you adjust from being the highest level of football guy to not that? Like, what is your? I know you got a lot of things going on, but what are the things that you do? Because to me, I you know get punched in the face and punch people. Like that's how I filled the void of not being a skateboarder. I was like, I'll just fight. That's terrifying. Uh, astrology, do? astrology. And Man, astro- I should have picked that. That would have been a way better idea. <laughs> Holy crap! It's, it's, le- it's less strain on my on my body, um, but it's just as it's more challenging. You know, trying to understand the mysteries of the world. That that's what I that's what I spend my time doing. So how's that go? Can you explain it a little bit? Like I'll, I'll explain the story of kind of how I found it. So um, the other part of that is, so I played 11 years in the NFL, but after one, two, three, after my fifth year, I, I failed a drug test and I decided instead of like dealing with this shit, I'm just going to do something different. And so I started traveling around the world, ended up actually in Australia, uh, ended up in Byron Bay uh, for, mm. for, for several months. And um, <sighs> okay. Yeah. yeah. And so I started opening my mind. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, nobody who's listening right now, Byron Bay is, uh, let's say, I've met some girls in Byron Bay that never shave their armpits. <laughs> and I don't think anybody else in Byron Bay shaved their armpits either. It is as hippie as, as Australia holds. It's the, mo- it's the king hippie, like, area yeah and i didn't know i was a hippie when i got there but after i left i knew i was a hippie i found like i feel like you I, stayed for seven months That's... i was there for three months okay. i found i found my people i found my people <laughs> yes. and so and so when i came yes. when i came back to the states i was a different dude and and one of the things i started started getting into holistic healing i started from from what i learned in byron bay so i started studying holistic healing i started doing yoga and then that's where i found astrology and at this time i just walked away from from football and I had devoted my whole entire life to being the best football player I could be. And I gave that up. So I was really in this like 
zero place where I didn't have any idea what was going on with my life. And I met this woman and she, she asked what time I was born and we started talking about my astro astrology chart and the things she was saying, they just made sense to me and, and it helped me figure out what was going on in my life. And so I just, I said, I need to learn more about this stuff. And so I just started studying and studying and, and that was almost 20 years ago. Are we talking about stars and shit? Sorry. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it, so you kind of already answered the question I was going to ask, but obviously in mainstream society, a lot of people cast dispersions on astrology and kind of put it under charlatanism. What is it about that stuff? You've done a lot of research now that makes you think it really holds water and can tell us stuff about ourselves. Yeah. You know, I think people just misunderstand what astrology is, you know, so to think about an astrological phenomenon is a birthday, right? The fact that on our birthday, we celebrate ourselves. Okay. So an astrological perspective, a birthday is when the sun gets back to the place it was when you were born. Right. So that, that's, that's what we look at in astrology. So astrology really is a, is a big, is a cosmic clock, right? The same way we know when the sun rises, most people get up, right? We know somewhere around the afternoon, most people might eat lunch. We know when the sun goes down, most people go to sleep. So astrology is just this this timing mechanism and it really is empirical. It's like over time, people watch the stars and they said, oh, when this planet gets here, I noticed that certain things happen in the world. Certain things happen in my life. And I noticed when this planet goes, gets here, certain things happen. So this information was passed on years over years over years over centuries. And that's what we have today. And so it's a clock and you can think of it as the language, but it's always filtered through the current time. So if we went back 300 years ago, astrology was more deterministic because if you were born poor 300 years ago, there's a good chance you were going to die poor. Things have changed now, you know, you know, we're more psychological and we can, you know, understand ourselves and we can we can grow. And so astrology now is more psychological, but it's still timing, right? And so you know, I, I can tell when someone's going through relationship issues. I can tell when someone's going through work issues just by looking at the at the chart because it's that time in their life for them. Can you to tell that we're going things. through work issues because we just we got dropped from radio and now we're podcasting and we're doing good. But I would have that's that was an issue. Yeah. So so I don't know if we've recovered fully yet. Can you tell? Well, so <laughs> and, and this is the thing about life is we all have to face crossroads we all have to yep. face these big decisions and astrology can can let you know when the decision is coming what? and give you some insight about things to look at or things to consider okay like for example yeah. jason what is your sign i'm a libra what's going on with libras okay so all right so the idea of a sun sign because astrology is much bigger than just what your sign is okay so in astrology we use 10 planets the sun is considered a planet in astrology that's only one so it's one tenth of who we are, but it's probably the most important one tenth because it's our identity. And okay. so symbolism, right? The sun, what do we know about the sun? It's hot, yeah. it shines light and yeah. all the other planets revolve around it. Yeah. And so when we think of being a Libra, it means your life is going to revolve around Libra issues, right? It means the things that get you excited are Libra stuff. Okay. See, so you're saying that I'm really concerned with myself. I'm saying everyone has a son, so everyone needs to be concerned with themselves to exist. But so and Libra is about in one sense, Libra is about relationship, right? They say Libra is the scales. OK. Yeah. And so, you know, my, my joke about Libra in a relationship, right? They're always trying to make sure everything is good. Right. Try to find that balance. Are you good? Are you good? Everything good? Everything good? Everything good? So Libra is that is that. And if you think about scales, right, one little thing throws the scale off. And so this 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 act of finding balance. And so in your life, your life is going to revolve around your ability to find balance and to find partners. And if you find great partners and you find balance, you're going to be vital. You're going to shine bright. Yeah. If you feel things are off or uncomfortable or there's not balance, you're going to feel out of sorts, a little crazy, not know who you are. Yeah. Okay? 
but that's only this that's only one part right if i had your whole chart i could go through the whole thing and see how does that libra sun you know let's say there's something in aries which is the opposite sign and aries is about i don't care about balance i care about me right aries needs to be selfish because it's where we learn courage and wow. so someone that has something in Libra and something in Aries, like let's say their moon is in, is in Aries, right? So it means their mind and the way they think about it is all about balance and all about connecting to see what is the, what's, what does the other person need, right? How do what you is, know which, which moon they have? By, so when, when we say your sun sign, Libra just means you were born in the first month of fall. So sun signs are just when you were born and they're based on the seasons. Okay. So that's what time of the year you were born, right? But let's say right now the moon is in Libra, actually. The moon is in Libra today. And so the moon the moon takes 27 and a half days to go around the chart. And so when the day you were born, you just look, where was the moon that day? Where was Mercury? Where was Mars? And so a birth chart is a snapshot of the sky at the time and place of your birth. Yeah. Yeah. And so and we just interpret, right? It's kind of the idea of of every moment has a has an energy. And the moment you take your first breath, that energy locks into the person and they live out they live out that energy. When I look at someone's chart, I say all these energies, all this stuff in the chart on on the basic level, it's what you have to learn to deal with, right? Because the chart says you can't control the energies, you can't control the stuff that comes up in you. That's who you are. You just have to learn to deal with it. The next step is once you learn how to deal with all these different parts of yourself, how do you be creative with these different parts of yourself? And that's and I think that's to me, that's the purpose of life is how do I how do I handle all these different things that are going on in me and be creative in the world with them? Because being creative is a big key to enjoying your life. It's everything to me. I know. right? To me, being creative means something comes at you and you have the confidence that you can handle it. Right. I feel like. uh I used to think it was just from skateboarding, but when I when I wasn't in my prime anymore, it's always been about making something. Like uh, we make videos, make music, make a bit. Like you know, we're we're gonna uh, chop wood in on fire because we haven't. We got to make we got to make new stuff. And I can tell to me, you know, when we're talking about uh, wooden boards that someone mailed us so that we can set fire to them, I'm most happy. When I, when I, like before the show, I'm thinking, right, Ricky Williams, a f- football player. I'm from Australia. I don't know shit about football, you know, like, but, uh, but now I'm thinking about your life and what, but it's, but that's my favorite thing is the show is what am I going to do with the show tomorrow? How is it going to work out? How am I going to do the best job that I can do? Cause I care so much about it. Yeah. And I feel like as soon as I don't care so much about everything is when I, I could tell my soul, will let it go. I'll give up. Yeah. I, yeah. and I and I it's almost like uh you know after years of being beat down because that's the game like you win a lot but you also get beat down and when you get older those beat downs Catch you're up. like yeah. you're like fuck man I, I mean how many more do I even want of that and then you think well you you as many as you want if you want to be here and thrive that you know I mean the the beat down you got to like I'm sure get beat down I lost but you need to get back up and you need to have a lot of fire because either that or do you want to die? Because I, I, I ask myself, I got a heart condition. I got, you know, I mean, I got a lot of worry about that. And I'm like, if I go, I want to, I want to help people. I know what I want in my life. I want to help people. That's, I've got a lot. I've been given a lot from whatever, I don't know how, but I've lived a really great life. I don't want to leave until I want my kids to be old. I want to see what they're going to be like, but that's not going to help them. If that's the case, I have to disappear. Great. But I just want to be known when I leave right before I leave. I did a lot. I tried to help a lot of people. I'm a good person. 
and I can I can die like that. You know, I did all my things the best I could. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I feel exactly the same way. Which also makes me realize some of the mistakes that I've made more so than ever. Because I've, you I mean, rec- I now I sort of look back at things the way I've talked to people in my career. I'm sure being so high in football and having because I as a pro skateboarder I was never the best guy but I was like top three and I know what it's like to be fluffed yeah I had a fucking good 10-15 years there where everything I said was hilarious yeah and and whatever I wanted kind of showed up yeah you know how do you bounce back and sort of become a normal person well again I I gave it all up consciously so that that a long time ago in your prime yeah and so that that was that was my that was my greatest healing right there you know and, and I and here's the thing about life I honestly don't think you can make mistakes in life you can make mistakes on the football field, right? I had that. I was supposed to block that guy, and I didn't block him. Quarter got back, got sacked, and you lost the game. But in life, you can keep choosing. You know, life isn't over till it's over. It's not like right. the the clock goes out in the middle of your life. And so, in life, you can keep on choosing. So that's why I don't really believe there's mistakes. You know, at best, there's learning experiences, and we're we're not born perfect, and we're not expected to be perfect. So. So that's the whole process of, I didn't know that, now I know. I didn't know that, now I know. I didn't it's, know that, now I know. It's a lot more positive way to look at things for sure. I feel like that's, uh, I don't know about you, but when I was learning to do stuff, still I try when I am boxing with my coach and there's certain like uh, uh, footwork pattern that I haven't done or uh, 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 some sort of combination where I'll fuck it up like three times and I'll go, fuck, moron. And and then in a minute, and then I'll go back, and I'm and, and only in the last year have I caught. That's my whole trademark. My whole life, I've gone. Oh yeah, we'll fucking see about that, and get super angry, and then make that trick while calling myself a piece of shit. And be like, I told you, you piece of shit. And then I'm starting to realize, only in this year have I gone. <laughs> maybe because I always I remember these guys. If a long time ago when we first started, if they dropped a ball, I'd be like, you fucking moron. How fucking dumb can a dude be? And I'm like, that's not... Because that's how I would talk to me. Yeah. And uh, and then I noticed a lot... Most people don't want to be talked to like that. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was like, oh, legitimately. I But it's still... it's I Like I was saying, I, I, I regret those because I should have been wiser. That's not an excuse to be pampered for 15 years to not understand the feelings of other people. Like I just well, really I, obviously didn't pay attention. I, I understand that. But I think the issue, the issue with that is when we say I should have been, we don't acknowledge that I I finally woke up. Right. Cause wow. that, that's the, that's the precious moment. And whether it takes five years or 50 years, the moment is that you wake up. And I think that's to be cherished. That's to be celebrated. How do you now that? Because to me, now that I have done that, I will catch myself. My coach laughs at me every time. I'll go fucking. You are the champ. You are the best, motherfucker. Let's dance. And he's like, "Nice, nice. I saw you catch that." I'm like, "I know, right? Fucking look out. Here I go." But yeah. it's hell. It, does it work? Yeah. Well, you know what works? It makes me even if I don't do it. At least I'm happy while I'm doing it. Yeah. Like I yeah. don't. You yeah. know what I mean, like what? If I don't make that combination work in the next 20 minutes, who fucking cares? Yeah. What's my job? I don't even fucking professionally fight. I just care about doing things right. to 100% yeah. of my ability. Yeah. yeah. Well, a powerful thing I heard pretty recently is that a lot of us develop strategies, techniques that help us deal with the situation we find ourselves when we're very, very young. And a lot of the things, the coping things that helped you when you were eight or 18 serve you very poorly and are actually very counterproductive when you're 28, 38, 48. Yes. So it's incredibly important to become conscious of 
what your strategies are for dealing with conflict and well, situations. Well, well, yeah, I mean, the truth is so, you know, I look at someone, I look at their birth chart, but and it gives me all this information. But the truth is, that's kind of information about the person's inner world. And, and so someone has a chart, but that chart has to grow or express itself in a real life environment with parents, with, uh, with siblings, with rules, all this stuff. And so because sometimes who we are naturally isn't accepted in our environment, then we have to come up with coping mechanisms. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that we all have to go through is we have to kind of look at our, our at our childhood and be like, okay, uh, what in my childhood was like me being me and what is it me and what is me dealing with my parents shit? Wow. Much. Yeah. And if we can separate those two, then we will recognize the coping mechanisms and the and the compensations. And, and part of that maturity process is learning to break the rules in our mind that we've been following that really have nothing to do with us. My uh, ex-girlfriend had a, a book that I considered to be a pretty high-level astrology book when I was seeing her years and years ago. And I remember flipping it, uh, flipping through it one day and I was like, oh, that's what a Taurus is. That's a whatever. And then I got to Cancer, which is my sign. Yeah. And it was just like, you're an asshole. Wow, spot on, huh? And I think... <laughs> <laughs> It seemed like it had a positive spin on everybody, but me. Yeah. So you know the, the truth is, is 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 and I find this a lot with astrology is is someone who I've had a bad experience yeah. with with one sign and then they've decided everyone on that sign is horrible and the and authors are not you know are, are like that too, and so you know and that's that's a general thing about astrology is most of the things that people feel confident in speaking of astrology is the negative stuff. You know, no one, no one really. So th the thing about astrology that sucks, and I think why it's, it gets a bad rap, is when you read most astrology texts, it describes you to yourself, right? And even if it's thirty percent accurate, people are like, "Wow, that's so cool." But that's cool. But how is that helpful? You know, one of the things that that I've learned in life, people change, and so if you have an astrology that describes something as static, how is that useful? So the way I look at astrology, it's about what we're what we're attempting to to accomplish. And so a cancer is attempting to accomplish developing an open heart. Right. That, that's really at the core of at the, I will get there, Ricky, at the core, <laughs> at the core of but it's, and it's this is the fascinating part about astrology at the core of cancer. It's about developing an open heart. OK, that's that's the aim. But now you look at how does that unfold? Right. So part of what you need to develop an open heart is sensitivity. OK, because. Right. If there's stuff going on and you're and you're not sensitive or aware of what's going on, you're not you're not doing the work. The other thing is family. Right. When you're around people that you feel comfortable and safe around. Right. Those those more inner parts, they come out when you're around people that you don't feel comfortable, you don't feel safe around those inner parts stay inside. And so opening the heart can't happen. Right. And so the biggest issue issue that a cancer has to deal with, especially a male cancer, is how do I deal with this sensitivity in a world that says men are not supposed to be sensitive? Right. And so and so a lot of a lot of the negative things about about cancer is they get their feelings hurt. They're sensitive. Why? Because they're learning to be in tune with their emotions. I love too much. Yeah, it's my problem. So the, the, the shadow of the shadow of cancer is, is cancer is a healer. Right. And so taking on people, taking on people that just want to be taken care of. Speaking of just the way you evolve as a person, when you were playing, I judged you to be somebody who really liked, enjoyed your life and really liked playing football. But unfortunately, to be a high level football player is to be a public figure, whether you like it or not. And I just seemed like you really didn't care for that part of it as much as the other bits. And now you've chosen in your post playing life to make yourself a public figure. And I find that sort of surprising. Would you have been surprised when you were 
in your first go around in the NFL to know that you would be podcasting and be, you know, commenting on games, et cetera. I think I would have been surprised until I, until I started to learn astrology. Mm -hmm. So astrology tells me that my happiness is, is, so I have a cancer moon. Okay. This is interesting. And my cancer moon is in the part of the chart that has to do with what you do for a living. Okay. And so this time that I read, this is what's fascinating about astrology. So the, the main challenge of, of the, the area of career is not to accept the outside definition of what I should be doing for my career. It's to go in and see what do I really want to be doing. And so, of course, I get 27 and a half and this, this, act, this part of my chart is being activated. And, I, and I, this is exactly how it happened. I started thinking about my career and I was like, you know, when I was a kid and I wanted to be a football player, uh, it was because I wanted to do something to change the world. But now when I reflect on what I'm doing, I'm just distracting people for three hours on a Sunday. And that felt like shit to me. Okay. And that had a lot to do with me deciding to walk away from football and say, I need, I'm going to be doing this my whole life. I'm going to be so torn up in my early thirties that I'm not going to feel like doing anything else. And so I realized I need to go live a little bit to find out what I'm doing. And so that's when I found astrology. That's when I found healing. That's when I found all these things that are, that I'm doing now. And so that's, you know, someone looking at my chart when I was born would have said, you know, you're going to be very successful. And then at one time in your life, you're going to make a drastic career change and you're going to be so much happier. That's that's the that would have been the interpretation. It was it was rocky, but but that's the end result is is a charger looks at my chart and says, you're a healer. You're a healer. You're here to be a healer. And I was a football player. I had to, and I had to make that big jump from being a football player to being a healer. And so I was here to be famous, but not famous for running people over, actually famous for helping people heal from being run over by life. And, and that's been the shift that I've that I've made. And it's been public. And I think it's been an inspiration for people that are in the same kind of place where, you know, they might be making a lot of money. They might be be doing well in their career, but they feel like something's missing. They feel empty. It's not fulfilling. Wouldn't it be a different angle now any, as well, where at one point the media is just talking to you about football, which seems like a not only a tough game, but a tough fan base you're going to get critiqued the shit out by a bunch of people that can't play like you which i've always found it very interesting um but now what's the beef with ricky williams trying to fucking help people and i don't like how am i trying to find it you know what really pisses me off about you is how you're just all happy and fucking positive and shit like it doesn't i see how at one point maybe your career because i feel like at one point my show was a little harsher i was dead we were a lot more pointing out like everybody else's faults so that in turn came at us like the yeah. the social media response was maybe you know maybe it's because you're a bald fat prick from australia and i'm like ooh, oh <laughs> oh i see what you did there it's like what i do to people yeah. and you flipped it on me now i'm more about trying to help people i know some people have found my yeah. new angle to be frustrated like man i liked it better when you just told everybody that we're useless i'm like i'm sorry that i let you down but you know i mean i i believe in human kind to get now yeah. so fucking yeah. can you stop listening if you so have what, to. what was the what was the moment that all that switched um i mean honestly i felt like um i felt like i started uh, i saw i stepped away from myself and saw the way that i was acting and i um i think therapy as well i started to go to therapy so it did but it wasn't the day i went to therapy it was i don't know a couple of years later where all of a sudden i was like i just remember being really uh sad about how i treated everybody in my job and then that made me look back at everything yeah 
and then it you know because i've always had this thing where i know some skateboarders that were famous when they were 14 and now they're you know 40s fucking children man they don't yeah. know anything except like what do you mean you're not gonna fucking give me everything for free I, that's what i do that's what i've always done yeah and you and what do you mean you don't like the way i'm talking to you like i've no one's ever said that back to me so realizing that i was doing that because i had that mentality i got good at skateboarding i figured it out with no athletic ability i fucking drove myself to be the best and i got there with there's no book i fucking did i miracled it i made this useless can fucking move around like i watched it. my parents my stepmother sent me a video i watched because i didn't want to watch because it made me cry but i watched it yesterday of skateboarding when i was like fucking 14 i am not i'm really bad at the at, you can tell my body's a little fat uh, my, my legs are not like i got two friends that are way better than me I, something happened man where i just really cared and made it made it happen so then i thought same with the radio you know what i mean I, when i started radio i started talking i was like oh my god I'm naturally good at this, yeah. not like skateboarding. I was like, Jason, you fucking found your calling, dude. Like, focus like you did in skateboarding on this, and the world is yours. Yeah. But I thought the same attitude with skateboarding was, you. What do you mean you haven't fucking got it done? What do you mean you haven't fucking played our fucking bit? Or what do you mean you're not going to promote us? Chopping at people always, and then I don't know what day it was, but it was just a day where I went, oh my god, dude. You've done that to everybody. And then I just think I went on like an apology uh, tour where I was just telling these guys I'm sorry all the time. Or And I was like, if you guys want to, you know, everyone should be a part of the show. Everyone should be more a part of the show. Because at one point I think I was like, you guys should shut the fuck up and listen to what I'm doing. I got us here, which is not true. It's just this, like This is an example, right? What, the way like the shift that feels that feels like Libra. That feels like so. I'm curious, like since you've noticed that shift, how has your life changed? Or have I'm happier? Yeah, I'm a happier person. Also, there was a time there where all I wanted to do was be successful and famous. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah, I wanted to be the best skateboarder in the world. Didn't work. Now I'm going to be the most famous radio person that ever lived, bigger than Stone. And then got some fame, got some money. Didn't make me any happier. As yeah. a matter of fact, at one point when I think when I was the most famous at a hard rock where I couldn't look at my phone because everybody was just like, "Holy shit, you're you." was one of the worst weekends of my life i was like oh i can't even breathe like this is fucking terrible imagine being proper famous this would fucking kill me yeah. and then realizing some of the fans that are diehards that are just like drunk and don't care and would probably like piss on your wallet or fucking push your girlfriend over i'm like wait i'm gonna die for you what and and then all of a sudden i realized wow. i want to be happy like and, and, and stop drive like you, you got really good at skateboarding from that drive you got really good at radio from that drive pointed at happy because I've always been a dark person. I've always had other fans point out to me. There's little things that I recall from back in the day where uh, an assistant guy who was a friend and a fan, he went to get my sandwich and was like, yeah, I've come to get a, the sandwich for Jason. And he's like, Jason, oh, is that the tattooed guy that like looks real angry and just sits in the corner? And I was like, wait, I'm a fucking funny guy. What are you talking about angry in the corner? I'm like, fuck, that's what you are, dude. Like you, a lot of the time you're like, you know, you do the, hey, hey, and then the radio ends and I'm like, fuck off, <laughs> fucking idiot. What are you looking at? And I'm like, man, that's got to stop. I don't want anybody to be, I don't want it to be to rub off on my kids like that. So yeah. I've just really focused on being happy. It's not it, like you, you can probably tell. It's not like, oh man, I fixed it. Yeah. It's not fixed. Yeah, yeah. It's just way better than it was. I feel like these guys don't say it that much, but I, it's no need anymore because it's kind of squashed. But there were other people that worked at that radio thing that were like, fuck dude whatever you did really glad you did it yeah so uh, i'm guessing you guys notice 
shift? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Did you ask him about it or you just were like, oh, he's better move to No, guy. people who ask me about uh, Jason, I always say, I say he's like the stock market. I say he goes up and down, but he's been trending in the right direction since I've known him. <laughs> that's great. That's the greatest, that's the greatest compliment I think you can pay Because that's real. That's real. Oh, shit. He's so right though. I know. Every time I, it's like one st- step forward, two step back thing, but I'm like, I'm always, it's always better. You know, like that's in, life, in here, that's real, better. but that's, that's, that's the key to success is, is you, because if you're always going forward, it's because what you're doing is so easy because you've done it so much before. There's yeah. no, there's no growth. There's no learning. Yeah. There's no juice. There's no juice. Yeah, I, I don't think I've been more excited about doing shows in a really long time because we got slapped in the face with a huge, like, like chunk of reality where it was like any anybody can lose everything, and I was like, wow. At this point, I really thought you're not going to stop me, and it's pretty, it's pretty easy. And and being human, I was like, I could I could get into this easy, you know. Like I I like waking up going, what am I doing today? Whatever I want, getting paid for it, pretty sweet, right? Why would I fucking bitch about that? And all of a sudden, nope, nope, nothing. I'm like, shit, this better put this down. Fuck. Now it's like hustle, 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 and 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 people are like, I really like the show, and I'm like, do you really? Do you? Like I like I fucking like I'm a newborn. Yeah. Do you mean it? <laughs> Thanks, Mister. <laughs> Where it used to be. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, that's it. it. That's are it. you a, are you a wake and bake guy, Ricky? Uh usually, yeah, most days. Most days, I wake and bake, sit on the patio with the with the book, and that's how I start most of my days. I'm I'm very jealous of that because I I recently just took a break from uh, smoking. And my, I, I had a pet die, and anytime I, I smoke, I tend to get dark, and if I'm anxious, it amplifies it. Like for some re- for some reason, I have the reverse effect. A lot of people, if they're feeling anxious, they can smoke, and it helps. For some reason, it just amplifies whatever is wrong. So I haven't I haven't smoked since you know my my little sugar glider died, oh. and I'm I'm so jealous of people that have the opposite effect. I'm jealous of people, even when on my best day, smoking weed does sort of take the wind out of my sails a little bit. It makes me a little sleepy and slows me down. And uh, man, I, I miss being a wake and baker. I miss being able to, uh, like I'm jealous of like Seth Rogen, Kevin Smith, those guys wake up, they smoke, and then they create a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. Is there any like tips for people like me? Is there any way I can get out of that? Have you always, horrible- have you always been like that? <sighs> you know, when I was a kid, I feel like it affected me better, but the older I got, the worse it so, got. So here's here's my theory, and it's just a theory. So take it take it with a grain of sand. Is is I think when people smoke and they get anxiety and paranoia, I call it a day nightmare. Because what what in my opinion, what cannabis does is it lowers our inhibitions, and so all of the things that we push down, creativity, all the dark, all whatever it is, right? When we smoke, that stuff comes to the surface. And so my advice was is next time you smoke and all those dark things and anxiety come up. Write them down on a piece of paper. And then the next time when you're not, look at them and say, okay, this is the shit I have to deal with if I want to enjoy smoking again. That's crazy because that is, I've done ayahuasca before and I felt like that was what some of the medicine was telling me. Like there was, I told you, there was times there where it kept showing me something where I was like, stop (laughs) showing me that. That's so bad. And it was like, oh, well then get right in there and I'm gonna make you see it until you fucking cry for it to end. And then I'm gonna show you it for a couple more hours so that it really fucking sticks. And I was like, all right, I fucking got it. Please stop. I feel like 
but when it ended, when I got out of that three days of fucking hell, I felt like those problems, they were, those things still existed. I, I'm still a part of them. They just didn't hurt as much. Like, I'd think about it and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I know. But it's not like uh, you should have seen what I saw on ayahuasca. Like, it gave me a way worse version than that, you know? And it, it made it easier and I, I i'm the same way since this heart thing came up my doctor wants me to go back and I, you know i gotta go on these meds and he's like your heart's getting bigger you might need a heart transplant by the time you're 70. that's all the information i have until wednesday and i was like oh i now i feel like i have chest pains and my wife's like you feel like you have chest pains since the doctor told you that and i'm like yeah she's like it's in your head i'm like can't be in my head and my fucking finger patting it. And she, I'm like, you know what? I will do a Xanax because I'm about to go to hospital. Then she gives it to me and I feel better. And I'm like, fuck! <laughs> it's not a heart condition, but I've got a heart condition. And now I've got the the anxiety. And now, because I weed is my thing that I turn to. A couple of times, I was, did a dab instead. Because I do dabs every now and then. They like really lay it on. Oh. <laughs> I can't do dabs anymore. Whatever that. The last time I did one, I was like... I don't know if I can breathe good. I'm like, fuck you, idiot. Like, did you go too far? So now I'm in a little bit of a pocket with you. I smoke, but I've definitely halved like what I used to because I feel like I don't want to get too high anymore. But but, but it, I still, it still helps, you know? And the other thing is sometimes I think you need a break, right? If, if you're just yeah. look one perspective all the time, you're, you're missing something. And so I think I think taking a break every once in a while I find very, uh, very fruitful. How long of a break are we talking? A uh, month. Oh, wow. A okay. month. Yeah. Try to, I try to take a month off a year. Because it'll clear you out pretty, pretty seriously. It'll, it'll clear your body and also clear your mind. So you can keep appreciating. I saw a thing, uh, some sleep doctor guy saying that uh, there's a certain sleep that you don't get when you use marijuana. And if you, if you don't use for, like you said, for a break like that, then it, it recycles and, and gets dreams, you all back up. Dreams just, will start to come back too. Right. Oh yeah. My dreams have been just fucking super intense, very detailed, very long feeling. And I was kind of hoping, like I've, I've noticed like, I don't know, probably 10 years ago, I've got, I've just got these permanent bags under my eyes and I was like, oh, maybe when I take this nice long break. I won't look so sleepy all the time. Nah, I fucking still look you super might, sleepy. You might have like a little bit of a Michael Jackson problem, dude. Like you see <laughs> shit that isn't there. Like I'm looking at your eyes. I'm like, what are you talking about? Really? Yeah, man. Like you, you talk. Like I feel like I'm people that don't watch our show on YouTube and just hear it think that there there's like a fucking garden gnome at the table. Like your <laughs> your face is fine, man. You don't have any fucking bet. Jesus, dude, look at me. I'm fucking almost 50. You got no see, bags. I don't see your bags. We can't see each other's bags. No, it's because, we, it's because we're both strikingly handsome and full of shit. You're fine. I'm fine. It is funny. Whenever we go to like public events, like when we do the Ellis Manias in Vegas. and People go, wow, you're not that bad. Because well, you talk yeah, so much shit on yourself. People think you're like an 800-pound one I mean, idiot. you guys do it too. You guys, you guys take <laughs> we, shots at we, like, we jump on. I mean, you kind of you ask. But that's the, that's the thing. Like, people, people see us. And, and, and I, it's so weird that people don't like bother to even Google or look at social media to just see what we look like ahead of time. But they're like, <laughs> wait a second. You're Kevin? I thought you were like... Some Eric Cartman-looking motherfucker. Yeah. You're not that, that fat. Tells you something. Yeah. I noticed you guys have said fat like 50 times, and I haven't seen one fat person anywhere. Well, he's, That's because I have my shirt on. He's got, got fat tits, Yeah, and he's got like a little bit of a gut, but that's on... We're talking on the scale of if you don't have abs, you're fat. Got it. 
it. it's not it's not is he unhealthy and i've said this several times are you like a shredded specimen no but are you like dying from your fat tits no no in medieval times you'd be considered a beautiful lady <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch i'm just a bit doughy i've got like some saggy witch tits going and like like you said uh, when the shirt's on you're you're not fat shirt yeah. comes off damn you could, yeah yeah it's a little could, bit of a bummer if you cared you could i'm doing it up okay Get this shit. So remember how uh, I was I, I was bragging that I was doing five push-ups a day? Yes. You moved it up. Not only that, I switched over from the push-ups. I'm doing the perfect push-up things, the rotating oh, ones. Oh, wow, yeah. I can actually do those now. Fuck yeah. That's huge, dude. 60 a day. Bullshit. Wow. Fuck yeah. 60. Yeah. Not at the same me. time. How many do you do in, in each? 12. Nice. Five sets of 12. How, how much of a break in between? Big ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> like all day? I space them out, yeah. <laughs> Through the day. Yeah. You know those breaks you take from weed? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> back when I didn't have witch tits, my buddy had this thing. He was like, he was he was big into fitness at the time too. And he was like, so at the top of the hour, I will drop and do like 15 push-ups. And I was like, no shit. Okay, I'm going to start doing that too. So, you know, obviously it wasn't the top of every hour. But when I caught it, I was like, oh, I'm going to drop and do 15 push-ups right now. So I, I kind of just have been on that mentality. Like, as long as I'm getting the push-ups in, I feel like they still kind of count. But I guess I should probably do uh, a little closer together, huh? It's better than nothing, man. If it's you did 60 a day, that's your body would change shape over time. It's just, you know, if you did it... It'd take longer. Yeah, it's just... But, I, but, if you, but it's also... As soon as you stop doing 60 a day, like, can you... can Every day, without fail, you do it, then, yeah, it would make a difference. Take it easy. I think it's a good idea to take it easy because you got he had a hurt stomach from doing something, and I'm like, you don't want to flex that again, so right. just take it easy. Yeah. So I would do like three of those perfect push-up things, and that would that the stabbing thing would come in. I'm like, I can do more. I just have to give up because of my fucking my my ab. Right. But, but then I, there's other workouts you could do besides you know like you could lie on the ground and and have like weights and do it that way. That way you wouldn't be straining your stomach. Like there's ways to get around it. Yeah, but I feel like now... You want a like kettlebell, dude? Do... I only have like 5,000 of them. <laughs> Onnit.com forward slash Alice if anybody wants a discount. But I have 20 on my roof. You can have a couple. I wouldn't even know that they were gone. Okay. And you just you just swing it around the living room, dude. Watch one of those Onnit videos and just copy those shredded guys. Just, eh, eh, and then these ones... They, I make up one sometimes. I like stand on a balance ball and I'm like... I don't know. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I don't care. It's, it's a workout. Just move around. It's fine. Uh, Ricky, I was listening to your podcast, Curious Questions, and I thought we'd been doing the show for like 15 years. I was intimately familiar with everything you could drink, smoke, inject, snort, but you were talking about mixing up something called bang. Bang. That I feel like I, I feel like I need to get in on this. It's it's an experience. So I yeah. just want to... I mean, you can, <laughs> you can gauge... You know, you can mo modulate the experience based on how much cannabis you use. Okay, but it's just it's a, it came from India and it's this whole drawn out process. So you, you take I, I start with an ounce. You take an ounce of flour and you make a tea out of it. Okay, so you you put it in water and you boil the water and you let it sit for five minutes, and then you take a cannabis out and you squeeze it and you strain so you have the tea, and then you take it in a mortar and pestle and you pour milk. You pour like uh, three tablespoons of milk on the cannabis in the mortar and pestle and you grind it together. All right, you grind it together. So you're you're mushing up the um, the THC essentially in in the water because it's fat soluble into the milk because it's fat soluble. 
So you do that and then you strain the milk and you do that about three times. Uh, and then you, at the very end, you take with the milk that you have left and you pour it uh, with the water, with the tea, and you add some spices, some Indian spices, and you got yourself a psychedelic uh, beverage. Nah. Yeah. Psychedelic? psychedelic? It's psychedelic. It is. I mean, I think all when you take edibles, they're more psychedelic than when you smoke, but something about this process, and I don't know what it is, but it, it's... It's out of this world. How much THC do you think is in a cup of tea when you make it? A lot because it's, I use a like whole a thousand. I use a whole ounce. I use a whole ounce and it serves ten people. Okay, so it's that's a lot. It's a lot. Are you, and you like? Is this tripping balls we're talking here? If you drink enough, yeah, it's tripping balls. Oh, yeah. like mushrooms, kind of. It's. I mean, it's 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 like mushrooms. It's healing. It is healing. I had a friend I made some for, and he said I went home and I slept eighteen hours and I woke up and my back doesn't back doesn't hurt at all no shit i mean one time those ice cream guys made gave me thc ice cream in those <laughs> little that. individual containers they sent it to the studio and not that many people wanted them so i took them all home to my house and they are little individual containers i did not know how many milligrams in each i didn't know it was oh. a thousand in each yeah Goodness and i didn't gracious. know so i ate one and went to bed and i woke up uh, like two hours later than i usually i was like man i slept so good these things are awesome so i eat them all and then i call him i'm like hey man i'm out of those things can i get some more and man they must be strong how much of the milligram of those things like the thousand i'm like what the fuck i don't know if i want that in my life like that is way more than i thought i was consuming <laughs> Where do you stand on that sort of edible treat? Because as somebody who, like weed, makes me anxious as well, I've been out of the game for a long time, it seems like an incredibly dumb thing to eat a thing that makes me high that makes me want to eat more of the thing that's going to make me too high. Was it? Were we really too busy to have ice cream separate from weed? Well, I think that idea... You don't get it, Michael. I think the no, idea, I don't. <laughs> I don't. And I, and I never will. Well, this ice cream's got weed in it. We're, we're this so, guy's wearing we're a wire. So early, we're so early in this in the in the cannabis revolution that yeah. the cool factor is like takes precedence. Yeah, right. It's just cool that this was illegal and now we can have the shit in our ice cream. But I get that. I get that. Cool I'm factor. cool. I'm but cool. And, and it's, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, we're, no, we're trying to... Yeah, you're very cool. You're accepted. It's, it's fading out because to me, it doesn't make sense. You know, like my wife will get an edible and she'll get like a little chocolate. And for her, she'll have to take like tiny little... My wife tiny too. Little the yeah. mm -hmm. in the corner just to get to get right now they're wising up and they're and they're not dosing them so high and i think that's when it's useful you know you can actually use cannabis when you're yeah. not blitzed out of your mind my wife also cuts her gummy in half yeah each to their own michael i'm not going to be picking <laughs> on anybody for cutting a gummy in half I, I've, I've had my wife took a, a chocolate bar that had 25 milligram pieces on it i'll never forget it because she took a 25 milligram piece and then had to come downstairs and get a xanax because she was having a panic attack <laughs> Meanwhile, my dumbass just ate the whole bar and was like watching Netflix. I'm like, what? What's in it? I didn't even know. I'm like, man, it's a certain That's the big tolerance. thing about edibles is that, that how many people call the emergency room after after taking an edible, right? And then it just feels like, when you, especially when you first start, it just keeps on going. You're like, is this ever going to end? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I've had my fair share of going to a Six Flags with a bunch of weed brownies. Yeah. <laughs> but those, the weed was a completely different drug in those days. Yes. Uh, let me talk to you about yoga because I just started doing that. My wife and I do it every week now. We got an instructor and uh, at first from all my skateboard injuries and fight injuries, uh, it was, I, I was like, this is good for me. I can tell it's good for me. And my wife and I are working out together. So that's cool. But I fucking hate this. Like this hurts. Uh, it, it's showing me how broken I am and how crooked I am. 
Uh, but I, but uh, the more I do it, like I, I got it tonight, even when I'm tired, even when I don't want to do it, and my instructor's like, still on tonight? I just say yes, because I know it really is helping me. I even see in the future that I could transfer my... Uh, whatever it is that I have addiction to uh, MMA into yoga. Because in the end, I can tell, you know, the the, bam, the Boom Boom Mancinis and shit. Like, I know those guys. I see them work out every now and then. They, they're, they're, not, they're not cracking the bag anymore. Yeah. He's, you know, I've talked to him. He's like, my, I can't crack the bag. It'll wreck my fucking arms, my yeah. shoulders. There's certain things I have to give up. And I'm like, every year. So, but yoga it has saved me. So that I talked about that year I retired. I, that's when I found yoga. And when I first started doing yoga, I couldn't lift my arms up past here. My shoulders were so beat up. And I had that same Wait, what was wrong with your shoulders? Just playing football. Wait, you I, broke them or they... I separated both of my shoulders oh, several okay. times. Yeah. And so but you caught passes. I've seen you do it. Yeah. You, you could well, in a pinch. Well, that's one of the reasons I retired is oh. because my body was going, to, was going to shit. And I didn't want to have to keep getting surgeries because I would yeah. have had two surgeries scheduled that year. And so... People who have, have one surgery and then have another one... It's it's a year you don't forget because yeah. I've done that where I'm like I don't want to come in here ever again. The rehab is like painful. rehab's the worst. But I had that same experience with yoga. The first time I was oh, I hated it. First six times hated yeah. it. Okay, because I was gonna then, say I think then, I was at least six. I was getting angry, and then I started to see progress, and I started to see oh I can go deeper, and and I and I had that confidence of I haven't totally beat my body to shit. There is something I can do to to yeah. to bring it back. And so after I had that realization, I was twice a day, twice a day for like two years. And it really helped. It helped. It like took layers of injury off my body. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I swear by it, especially for athletes, especially. I feel like I can tell from, I, I hadn't, I, I had a knee reconstruction at this, uh, six months ago, maybe just over six months ago. I had a, uh, cadaver MCL replacement, yep. um, and I've got no, you know, my ligaments are already kind of, I've torn my ACLs. I have no PCLs in both my knees. So they've always been pretty bad. I went to Columbia to get stem cells and the doctors were like, we can fix your left one, but your right one, you're going to need to get a surgery. You have one ligament and that's loose. And I was like, oh shit. And, and so getting that surgery and then doing the yoga, I feel like my knee is used to wobble like side to side. And it, so there's like a little balance thing that's always been off and now that it's back and the yoga i as i skateboarded with, with tony to for, we got a new show so we skateboarded i hadn't skateboarded for a, a long time and i felt better that day skateboarding with him than i did 10 years ago when i skated with him for our show where i did a 540 on my 40th birthday and i was like i felt more stable and i'm and i was like because the last time i was there I, that's when i tore my knee and i was mm. wobbling all over the place but I was there for three days and I was better that first day. And I can, and I know it's yoga. I can tell from even boxing that from learning how to balance on one foot. Cause I thought I could always balance on one foot. Yeah. Turns out I'm not as good on my right foot as my left foot. And now it's super apparent. So now I'm like always trying Working to make that it. foot yeah. balance more, yeah. which makes everything even out. I can, I can tell her it's, it's the, sa the same thing with uh, stem cell and yoga and uh, certain things where I go, Man, what can have I done this 10 years? You know what I mean? Like, you bastards. Like, the first time I got PRP and I was like, what do you mean PRP makes it heal? He cri I cried. Yeah. I cried in the doctor's office yeah. when he was like, oh, we'll get this thing working in no time. Shoved a bunch of needles in my shoulder and I was like, oh my God, this dude fucking fixed my shoulder. I thought I could be back in skateboarding. But when this needle hit me, I was already like 
in radio and way out of the game. But I, I thought, wow, all you young guys out there, you guys are stoked, man. You have like stem cells and if people get on the marijuana and the CBD where it's like, hey, you can let those guys do it. I see all athletes having longevity and I feel like you could get better and change the game of your sport. Because to me, I could have got better if I, there was a time there was, my brain wanted to get better, but my the body was like, dude, yeah. I just can't be a part of this anymore. Like, yeah. I, I want to help you, but it just wouldn't come with me anymore. I'd be like, come on. And my arm's like, nah. Yeah. I'm like, I can't live like this. That was the other thing. I don't want to be half arson in the game. I mean, that's when most guys walk away when their when their mind is can do something and their body's like, oh, I can't do that anymore. That's when you know, that's when you know it's time to move on. It's so tough though. Yeah. It's the forever stinger. It's yeah. all. It's like a death. Yeah. It's like well, a, half of you died. I feel lucky because I, I killed that part of myself early, and so I feel like I got a head a head start on it. Do you think that a lot of people that were pro when you're pro that stayed and are are paying a head? Like, do you have personal friends that are like way I more do. mangled than you? I do. I, I have I have close friends that are and they're scared. That's the, the the worst part is the fear. You know, it's one thing to have to deal with the stuff, but when when you go to the doctors and the doctors are like, well. You know, 99.9% of football players have uh, moderate brain damage. That's all they're saying. And so I think the guys are just scared because they're just afraid it's going to keep getting worse. And right now, you know, medicine, at least Western medicine, doesn't have any answers. For smashing your head over and over again? Yes. I mean, the only answer (laughs) is really stop smashing your head over and over again or commit to... Your 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 dedicated that craft. That it's commit to your craft, and I think Tom Brady is a great example. Commit to taking care of yourself. That's what I've realized halfway through my career. I've realized I'm doing some intense damage to my body. I have to match it with intense care for my body. Right, and that that's when things really started to change. It's funny because I I did not get my wits in my skateboard career. I got it in my radio career, and even that, like you were saying, it can come at any time where yeah. people change to be you know, mid forties and be like, wait a minute. It's a little bit embarrassing, but it's all I'm, like you said, never. It's, it's right. It's, <laughs> it's be- way better than never. Be- Cause right now I'd be a sad motherfucker if it was still going down that road. Cause I'd be by myself. Exactly. Nobody could tolerate that any yeah. longer. Yeah. You got it. As a, as a non-sports guy, I've always been curious. Um, in the locker room, do the ball, is it hard to hold? <laughs> I can't wait. The locker room, even better. Go ahead. Do, People judge Wangs. Oh my! Oh my God! He not what fucking. I'm not even f- from here. As long Nobody as you, does as long locker as room. As long as you're in the middle range, you're you're wait, you're, fu- you're fine. Wait, wait if you're really hung, you get judged, and if you're really tiny, you probably get judged. See, not so stupid. After okay, all, huh? sorry. I am sorry. I didn't. I thought you all didn't look at each other's dicks. Well, we uh, we don't acknowledge looking at it, but, but it's it hard. Is, it's, like you have peripheral vision. I know we're not. We don't stare. I, mean, I know. You I get know. your ass whooped if you like, stare. Like you but, couldn't. You couldn't. Like I'm just, just as an example. Like in the WWE locker room, if The Rock walks in and he's got a fucking tic tac, people are gonna be like. Oh my God! The Tic Tac guys wait till everyone else showers. Oh wow! Oh, this is such a hard <laughs> life, right? That's not no. right. They wait till everyone else showers, right. and then they shower. Oh, and everybody just knows. Like if you're the guy waiting to shower, it's like oh, yeah, fucking Captain Tic Tac over here. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So there's got to be a couple guys in the league. Obviously, not asking you to name names, where it's like to the world, this guy's like a Hall of Famer or a superstar, and everyone's like, yeah, but that's the guy with the tiny dick. Yeah, and it's the opposite <laughs> though. This guy sits the bench and woo, right? He hung. <laughs> 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 oh shit, man! I, 
I, I'm glad. Now I'm glad you asked that one. Yeah, good question, Kevin. Wow. Uh, as you can tell, Jason has an intimate and extensive knowledge of the NFL. I was looking at your career and trying to find things that might resonate on Jason's radar. Your agent was Master P. Yes. That's, Whoa. Yeah. See, there you that go. was your agent too? No, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Fuck, I would have given him everything. <laughs> Whatever, P, you can have it. <laughs> exactly. That, that was that was his heyday too when I signed with oh, him. So yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. okay. I, I had a tank and everything. Dude, I, he yeah. came to X Games once and me and another pro skateboarder went and asked for a photo and I remember being scared to ask. So I was like, hey, Mr. P, can I get a photo? He's like, yeah, man. I'm like, holy shit. Just terrified of the guy because I was like, he's got a fucking gold tank. That's how many guns he's got. He's got a tank. I was pretty sure that he would kill people. I didn't know that he was going (laughs) to be uh, like a W... What was the TV show he had where where his son... He had a huge TV deal for the longest time. What was that TV show? Was it like... Hanging with Mr. P's neighborhood. It was something gnarly like something where he UPN. just was like, yeah, Master P got a full TV show. What's up? And my kids are in it and it's a giant sitcom. I believe that's what it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So you are not, are you still cool with P? Like, do you hang out or no? We haven't hung out in a long time. But, you know, this was back in 90, 1999 and I was coming out of the NFL and it just didn't feel right. All the like slick back agents, you know, they're fast talking. I was yeah. like, I want an agent that I could like hang out with yeah you know i feel like i have something in common with and so i hired p's agency and 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 then that was before i actually got drafted to new orleans where he's from and so having my first couple years in new orleans in his hometown it was it was it was a great choice is he like a personal agent or has he got other people helping you yeah he just runs the agency he he hired attorneys uh real agents to negotiate the contracts but uh but is his is his philosophy is his i mean and it's it's like a big family did he great. give you a cool chain when you got? I, did, I got it. Yeah. Son of a bitch! You a did. Tank. You got another limit. That was the first. That was the first thing I got. Was my tank. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I'm just so realizing. Sick. So this means there was like head-to-head power conversations between Master P and Mike Ditka with you. In yeah. The so the first, the first meeting, the first meeting. Yeah, it was. It was Ditka it was and P. P. <laughs> Ditka and, and there's a picture. There's pictures of it. Yeah. Did Dick, All of us Ditka get a uh, tank? He didn't get a tank. Uh-huh. He didn't get a chain. He didn't, he didn't get a chain. Yeah. He, if he would have asked for one, I'm sure they would have <laughs> given him one. <laughs> they would have probably put him on an album. They put every, they used to put everybody on those albums. They, they, yeah. He had those chains ready to go, right? Yeah, he did. He did. It's a legendary guy right there. He's an athlete. Yeah, basketball player. Right. Yeah. Almost in the NBA, right? Yeah. He made, well, he was in, I think, the D League. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember him talking a mean game about that and it was back where i was like man he put then he should just be in the nba like what if he's not that great but he's still master p you got to pass it to p just one time one three-pointer <laughs> or something. One, that's, just, it. that's oh. all he needs yeah. oh, and then it's it. over yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, everybody can go back to the bench <laughs> exactly. and we're all so stoked. <laughs> exactly. just give him one man i think he agreed with you <laughs> right he was on the fringes for a while he was yeah yeah he's i mean like, it was it was a one. dream was hornets that he was almost on i think it was a hornets it yeah. was a dream you know how like a lot of musicians want to play sports and a lot of yeah. athletes want to get into music i mean you played baseball right i played yeah i played minor league baseball for a couple of years so you can why, why, why not that and why football i was better at football oh. i mean baseball was fun but also I, they play 162 games that's that's they play almost every day i can't i couldn't do that i need a break oh yeah yeah, that oh, has wow. to have changed so much because when I was a kid, I think was still the tail end of there were players who were drunk, there were guys who were smoking in the dugout. Like playing 162 games in 1981 is not the same as what it means in 2021. Yeah. That's really difficult. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, just minor league baseball. We played every day and on buses. I mean, in the major leagues, you, you take planes, but 
you gotta love it. You have to really love. You have to really love baseball to play it. And, and football was going so well, and I just, I just stuck with it. You surf at all? I surfed a little bit. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I remember the first time I caught a wave, like just the feeling of riding nature. Nothing, no, right? nothing like it. Nothing like it. Now I've been trying to get into that lately, and that uh, I can just tell it's all about because that pro skateboarder get, won't get on my feet. I'm good. But it's the understanding of the ocean. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yes. my, oh man, this is a giant slap in the face. Like, even little waves control me. I look like an injured turtle out there. I'm like, this is a whole new Learn respect thing. I, yeah. I went out there the other day. Uh, actually, on the pier, I joined some people to in support of uh, African-American service because apparently there was a black guy down there surfing and a white guy was saying some shit, spitting on him, and everybody uh, had a big thing on the weekend to support him and everybody in around the pier so i got friends in san diego that came up they told me about it so i showed up so there was like a thousand people on this wave all together going together black white everybody uh if you fell on each other they were like you good man i'm like yeah i'm good you good yeah man let's get back out there the friendliest riding of waves i've ever been associated with in my life which just made me realize this yeah, surfers they own this wave it can so get they, rough out there yeah they're like yeah. mean they don't give you the touch like, oh man look at you you can't even fucking paddle yeah. and I'm like man but then this community was like no we're here to we're all group here and I'm like well yeah we, well then we're this is why can't we be like this every weekend I'd surf every spot if everyone was gonna be like hey man you look like you need some help like, get, like and then I noticed there's a couple of guys out there fat <laughs> older than me and they just paddle past me and get on the wave. And I'm like, I fucking ran this morning. What are you talking about, that guy? And I'm like, okay, there's a technique. Yeah. There's like a full thing that you can know. And once you know it, sky's the limit. Because this fat guy was just like, I'm taking this wave. I'll take any wave of all of you all day because I've got this. It's not, it's not his, wasn't his strength. No. He just got some technique where he makes his board go way faster than me. And I splash around <laughs> like I'm going to drown. That's where he put his 10,000 hours when you uh, were skating. Yeah. Yeah. But I really want that. I really want the, the I, I believe riding nature is probably one of the freest feelings you can get. But not riding, because that's the difference. Riding in being calm in it and appreciating the ride instead of being, because I don't, I don't, in skateboarding, I want to do as much as I could do. But in the end, I really enjoyed controlling something so easy and just paying attention to how good I was doing a basic trick, not flying and spinning and, you know, whack, did you get that? Like, I, I just more of the flow of it. And I feel like in surfing, once you get, once I get past this paddling thing, every now and then I'm going to get on that thing and I'm going to go, fuck yeah, man, riding it, yeah. riding it all the way around. Not like, oh, oh look out, shark or something. Like Fonzie. <laughs> did he surf in the... He, he, did, he, ju he, he jumped, jumped the shark. shark. Yes. On a, it was on a surfboard, was it not? No, it was motorcycle. On a, what the hell? Skis. Wasn't it water skis? Oh, he didn't even jump the shark twice. I thought he jumped a pool. <laughs> You're talking about happy days? Yes. Yeah. Oh. He jumped on a motorcycle. He jumped over a couple a pool of, of sharks. He did. Wait, he water ski jumped over sharks I'm as pretty well? pretty sure, because that's where the term came from, jump the shark, because that was when, like, all right, happy days is officially out of ideas. See, I He's thought, on fucking water skis jumping over a, a shark. I thought he jumped a pool on a motorcycle. This whole time I got the happy days jump the shark thing wrong. Sorry, I'm from Australia. They didn't play it that much there. He has water skis. It was right. water skis. In, Wait, a, in a leather jacket. Did he jacket. have shorts on? He had shorts and a leather jacket on. Oh, God, Bunzi, why would you do that? Cool as ice, that guy. Hmm. Pretty cool to jump sharks. I've actually wanted to fight a shark, and then I realized it would be cool to sharks. 
but I, you know, from I fought like some bigger fighters, like UFC fighters and stuff that are way bigger than me, because it's like a yeah. You know, well, how long will he last? Yeah, and then it, like it excels. How long did you last? Uh, I did two rounds with Shane Carwin. He had one arm, yeah. But he one time he that was, was it. it. That was it. And then I le- I went the distance with Carl Kingsbury first time, and then second time I got finished. Yeah. In the second round, but I was tired. Yeah. I fought a guy right before him that tired me out, and then when I fought Kyle. I had one round where I was I I was good, and then by the second round I was like, I'm just gonna go for it. And he was like, That's right. a stupid thing to do. Yeah. Because when you get tired, yeah, you just want to. Because I could, just want to get out. I kind of <laughs> gave up. Kind of. I didn't give up. I just. I was like, I've been running and ducking you for this whole first round, and then I could. I was like, Get your win back. Get your win back. It's like ding ding. We're going back in. I'm like, I don't have my, my win, win back. back. <laughs> this is not going to work out. And I was like, I'm just going to, you know what I'll do? I'll charge in. Go down swinging. Yeah. That didn't work out. <laughs> so, Ricky, what do you want to do with this podcast? Where are you, where are you going with it? So, uh, you know, when I first came up with the idea, it was a little bit scary because I, I, you know, the people that I know know nothing about astrology. And so I just jumped in and, and as we got a couple under, you know, under, under our belts, it's morphing into... Um, essentially turning into a reading almost i i, I recorded one last week uh, with bethany uh costantino uh she's a, an artist a musician and we, we got really deep and i just started talking to her about her chart and she was open and it just got really deep and it was really powerful so i feel like it's it's going to move in that direction but you know it's tricky because astrology you're looking at people's insides and so how comfortable are are people when they come on with a total stranger how comfortable are they going that deep in an hour and so it's moving in that direction, and that's my challenge. I'm just going to see if we can go deep. Celebrity astrology readings would seem to have, like if you, Master P, for example. Oh, break him down, please. Actually, don't. I don't want to know if he's got a soft side. <laughs> I want to keep a gangster. I just want to be like, oh, that's all I ever care about. Oh, that's all I hear in my head. Oh. Yeah. My goal is to get people to, I don't know if you, um, what was that, um, the football movie with Tom Cruise and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.? Yeah. Show um, me the money. Jerry Maguire. Show, yeah. Yeah, Jerry Maguire, and uh, and Jerry Maguire of Roy Firestone. The, the, yeah, the sports. Yeah, host. Yeah, yeah. Always get the guys to cry. That that's what I'm. That's what I'm going for. If I can, because a good reading in astrology is when you get tears, and so because you you got to something. You know, you got to something that they can actually do something about. Right. And so to get people to be vulnerable enough and open open enough on the podcast, that that's where I'd like to take it. Yeah, Barbara Walters used to always be famous for that. Yeah. Yeah, you could be the Barbara Walters of astrology podcast. Yes. Dr. Drew made me cry on his show. Yeah. His wife made me cry cry on her show. I just decided I'm not going back on their shows. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's it. We've done a... Yeah. Yeah, we are supposed to go. All right. Thanks so much for being on the show, dude. It was really awesome to talk to you. Uh, This was fun. I would kind of like to know... I mean, I want to cry. I cry enough as it is, but I would, I would like to know a little bit more about that stuff. I'm interested in it. So you'd come on. I would totally come Sweet. on. Sweet. Yeah. yeah, we'll reach out. That's awesome. Yeah. I would love to get my chart. Yeah, I'm curious now because obviously you're a Libra, but there's a lot of other stuff going on. Oh so yeah, I'm curious that makes to, more sense I'm when curious, you say that. There's I'm a lot of stuff going else, on for to sure. See what else is going on in there. Get that bang recipe too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm ready for bang this week, but I think it like once I bounce back and I get my panics under control, I'm gonna I'm gonna bang the shit out of myself. <laughs> All right, everybody, enjoy it. We'll be back. Oh, don't forget, Patreon shows. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ellismate. That's right. We're live two days a week on there. Check us out. Like and subscribe. Don't die. Blimp, blimp. 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 Blimp.
Discover what starting and growing your own business feels like. Whether your business is bedsheets or skincare, Shopify's with you every step of the way. Now, open your eyes. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash podcast 22. Shopify.com slash podcast 22.